Welcome to the Heal and Awaken podcast. <laughs> I am here once again with Dr. Paul Douglas, my teacher, my dear friend, uh, someone who inspires me deeply, someone who's known me long enough to know all my stuff <laughs> and has helped me so much in my personal evolution and professional development. Today we have yet another exciting topic. Uh, for our conversations with Dr. Douglas, season three of the Heal and Awaken podcast. And today we're talking about chakras and consciousness. And I know Dr. Douglas is going to help us to clean up all our myths about what these chakras are about. So welcome, Dr. Douglas. <laughs> Great to have you here. Thank you so much, Averna. It's wonderful to be back and to be able to uh, provide some perspective on things for people. Yes. So tell us, let's begin with what are chakras? Chakras are technically these um, wheels. <laughs> but what we want to understand is that um, that we're multidimensional beings and that we exist not just on the physical, but we exist on other planes. And there's an energetic plane that, that we also exist on and that energy informs the physical body and that energy has certain flows. And there are two primary flows that when they cross, the energy tends to spin. And, and that spinning wheel effect is called a chakra. Now, what are the two energies that come together? The, these are large channels, Ida and Pingala, and they spiral. And so they go around each other. And even though they form seven primary um, chakras, there are many, many energy points, and these actually form the marma system or, or the acupuncture points, depending on what system you're looking at. So the energetic, the energetic body that we have is, is really universal, and it gets named in different ways. Um, gets used in uh, different healing therapies, and yet it's all the same same body. The one, the first misconception, though, I'd like people to understand is that even though these are described as discs or wheels, they're really three dimensional, and so the chakra if you have the opportunity to talk to a clairvoyant, they'll say it, they're more like a sphere than like a flat plate. There's a front, there's sides, there's a back, and, and the light that emanates from them goes in all directions. And so there's, so the first misconception that we want to drop is that these uh, energies are just these flat disks. The second 
misconception that people have is that they're just energy. Everything in creation has a higher harmonic. And so even though these are operating on the energetic body, they have impacts on the emotional, mental, on the causal, on the spiritual levels of our existence. And there is, in essence, a way in which much that has to do with emotion or programming gets lodged in this energy system, in this chakra system. And even though it's fundamentally energetic, these, this programming influences the flow. And again, if you talk to some um, one with clairvoyant sight, they can see areas where this programming, these old emotions, this old programming resides within the energetic system. And the other concept that we want to let go of is that you need to get all of the chakras fully spinning in order to come to higher states of awareness, in order for enlightenment to take place. Enlightenment doesn't have to involve um, the energy body, actually. And so there are different ways to higher consciousness and we want to let go of oh the the energy's got to start from the first chakra and raise to the second and so forth and so on in order for us to um to become awake and aware it is the case that the the integration that we're looking for that the way of coming to enlightenment that involves the householder path that involves those of us in the world we do integrate in the the higher consciousness the higher vibration into the entire chakra system but there are those on ascetic paths and their their route to um, higher states of consciousness is just between the sixth and seventh chakra so there's a lot of a lot of myths around how all of that works, and we don't want to fall prey to that and misunderstand that it has to be one way. That and and the truth of it is, the reality is that we can go. It, as I was saying, we can go to higher and higher harmonics. We can start with the energy of any of the chakras and go deeper into a higher frequency and a higher frequency and higher frequency until we go to the highest, to the infinite, to the absolute. So we can use any chakra as a window in. The one that I find, and, and many of my students find, is, is of greatest value is 
is the fourth chakra, the heart chakra. It's the, it's the most direct window into our true self, into our being, because the qualities there, as we go to the higher vibration, really very quickly uh, reflect the quality of the true self, the quality of being, the, the fabric of bliss, the fabric of awe, the fabric of love is most easily, uh, most easily accessed um, for many people. And again, different people have different um, ways that they're drawn to, but for most of us in the world, um, working with heart centering and, and the fourth chakra is, is a way in. And I can directly testify to that because I practice heart-based meditation. And to our listeners, you can find a couple of other episodes in season one and maybe even season two about heart-based meditation. So uh, definitely have a listen. And the next heart-based meditation initiation is on January 11th at 10 a.m. Eastern. And you can find the uh, registration in the heartpacemeditation.com. That's the website for um, this system of meditation. Um, but uh, I mean, I completely agree with you that the heart center, the heart chakra is definitely one of the most powerful portals for higher consciousness. I'm curious though, in your view, what is the function of these other chakras? for our evolution. So really the chakras very much are intertwined both with the hormonal system, with the um, endocrine system of the body. So very much this is a hardwired kind of system that that does reflect and influence our health and that's why you'll see in almost every healing tradition and awareness of the importance of energy and the energetic flows and the importance of the chakras in encouraging health. There's another element to be aware of, and that is that most of the structure of the ego is housed in the first three and the lower half of the fourth chakra. And so part of what takes place in our evolution is for us to be bringing a higher vibration, bringing a, an increase in light to all of the chakras, but particularly the first three and a half. <laughs> so bringing the, the light and, and in that sense, in lightening the chakras 
such that we get out of the illusion of the ego. The illusion of the ego is one of control and fear of loss of control. It's the illusion that our internal state is determined by something external. And so the ego is in an attempt to control things externally in order to get its needs met. And the illusion is that what it's seeking is outside of itself, outside of our being, outside of the soul. And, and so bringing light to each of the chakras is a way of elevating how we get our needs met. Each of the seven chakras relates to fundamental human needs. And again, because it's hardwired, this is why these needs are universal. For example, first chakra, there's a universal need for a sense of safety and security. And when we rely on the ego to find that, what it does is try to arrange things in the environment, try to control things externally to feel safe. And so in our modern society, maybe that's getting a huge bank account so we don't feel threatened by economic volatility, or maybe that's a physical, having a house where we feel you know, safe and and grounded and private, or maybe it's a relationship where our security comes from knowing there's someone there who's got our back. That's all well and good, but it's partly an illusion. And what enlightening the chakras does is helps us to realize in the example of the first chakra, the security within us, the stability within us, the unchanging, immortal sense of I am that is always present. It, it also enlightens us to the, to the change that's external, that we begin to see that there's in an order that it's not just random chaos that we need to be afraid of that everything happens for a purpose and so as we bring more light into the first chakra then we begin to come to discover not through externals and not through the ego trying to control things we discover that security within our own being We, each of the chakras relates to fundamental human needs that we are in the process of coming to enlighten our way of meeting. So we're meeting those in a higher vibrational way. And through that process, releasing a lot of the illusions that have driven our survival.
So ultimately there's this changeover from a survival driven, need driven to a, a, a blissful, heartful, love driven existence that is driven internally and not externally. Thank you for that beautiful explanation. And I'm curious to know what would somebody do who's just caught in this, the world of the, the needs and demands and responsibilities of the material world. And there's so much suffering for people within that matrix of survival and just making it for another day, another year for retirement. Where does a person like that begin? When they yeah, it's the beginning has to be in becoming aware. That's that's key to the entire process. And that's why I tend to emphasize meditation. We have to have that foundational experience to know our being. And we can't do that efficiently, effectively, when there's so much busyness. When we're not taking a time, when we're awake, to let go of perceptions, let go of thought, let go of emotions, let go of feelings, let go of sensation, and really come to discover who it is who's experiencing all of that or what it is that experiences all of that. And so meditation is foundational to getting out of this suffering and to enlightening the chakras. However, that's, that's kind of, I kind of assume that's a given. <laughs> and then there are, um, there are very focused, if, if we're aware and we're really wanting to be enlightening the chakras um, and getting out of the suffering, then there are very specific things such as a pranic healing or healing light, um, yoga, energetic types of yoga. There are ways of working with uh, the beliefs and there's a, such things as spiritual mentoring that can assist one. There's obviously the heart centering and there's an aspect, one of the facets of the heart that allows us to become aware of the healing energy that exists within the heart. And for us to begin sending that energy and that high vibration to the chakras. And so there's a, there's a lot, but, but foundational, first step. The thing that has to take place is the expansion of awareness. And that's most rapidly done you know, with meditation. Thank and you. A, yeah, and a style of meditation that allows us to go beyond thinking, that allows us to go beyond sensation. 
and allows us to contact and and come to know that which experiences all of life. Thank you. And I just wanted to share with our listeners that you have a, a course on healing light yoga as well as the spiritual mentoring program. So anybody who's interested in it, where would they find that information? So newworldayurveda.com is where um, you can find that. We put announcements on our New World Ayurveda Facebook page. Um, but those are the, the two uh, main sources. And then anyone who's interested in something personal can, um, in terms of spiritual mentoring, can always email us at heartbasedmeditation at gmail.com. And I'm currently in the spiritual mentoring program, and it is one of the most beautiful and thorough programs that I've ever been in. And not only is it fueling me in terms of my professional development, but my personal deeper healing and expansion has been really incredible and beautiful and gentle and graceful. So um, if you are interested in it, definitely have a look at newworldayurveda.com. I am here with Dr. Paul Douglas, the academic dean of New World Ayurveda. He's an author of several books. Uh, you will find the links uh, to his Amazon page um, in the show notes, as well as the founder creator of the Heart-Based Meditation System. And um, Dr. Douglas, I want to ask you, why do we need to keep the flow of energy in the chakras in balance? And then balance in this context means either bringing it to balance from deficiency or from overflow. I've heard you talk about this before, so if you would elaborate, please. Yeah, so first of all, in order for us to have vibrant health, we need to be infusing the body with energy. It is when the energy flows are not proper that there's a setup for imbalance and disease. And one of the signals that we get is there's some discomfort or there's a coldness in the area. One of the, um, one of the ways in which we can sometimes get a, a visual picture is to do thermography and to see there are certain areas when the flow is not proper, these areas of the body are colder. And you can actually see that with a thermograph. The other aspect to it is, is one of inner growth and development and balance. Often what will happen in terms of us needing to break through those beliefs and that programming is for us to either be bringing more energy into a chakra or be toning it down or raising it up in vibration. And so someone who, say, 
has very little self-esteem, little self-worth. They, they have, they don't feel they have the right to assert themselves. They, they will often have a deficient third chakra. And they will live in that illusion and that will create a lot of challenges for them and a lot of suffering. And so, so while there's the physical health, there's also the mental emotional health and our well-being that is involved in balancing the chakras. And so in this case, somebody with very weak, very deficient third chakra, we want to be allowing the energies there to flow more so that one can experience one's worth and one can experience one's personal power and really embody the higher qualities of our divine nature within this human existence. In using the same chakra, there are some who, in order to survive, have poured too much energy into the third chakra. And they, these are the workaholics. These are the people who have to win. They are competitive and they have to be on top. And their sense of their self is so bound that they are trying <clears throat> by putting all of their energy into proving their worth, to proving that they're okay or proving that they're better than others. And they fear dramatically that they're not. And again, when out of balance in that way, obviously being a workaholic, the life becomes unbalanced and it's a setup again for ill health. And what we need then is, is to decrease the amount of energy and remove this belief that people's worth can be raided by what they do and what they accomplish. And so in that waking up to the truth of the preciousness of life, that every life is precious, every life is worthwhile, that's where then we release the old programming and we start to have a more balanced function to the third chakra. So health and inner growth and development and getting out of suffering all can be had as we balance the chakras. And that can ultimately lead us to the expansion of our consciousness. Well, it, it can uh, prompt us to expand the consciousness, but often it's the other way around. As we expand our consciousness, then the chakras come into balance. So it can work either way. 
<laughs> yeah, but, that's good to know because a lot of people think that my chakras better be balanced before I have any kind of advancement. And I believe same with asanas. You talk about even sitting in lotus asana for meditation is not required. And that was a, a very beautiful recognition for me, myself, in the course, is to know that if the body is holding a lot, then there's no chakra balancing or the perfect asana happening. <laughs> so, yeah. Can you talk a little bit more about that? Yeah. So there are a lot of ways in which we mistake the end for the means. So the perfect posture, being able to rest in a posture for hours at a time, really comes as a result of releasing the stress and the energetic impressions from the body. And so it's a result of the internal processing. It's a result of the meditation and not the means to meditation. In this style of meditation, we're wanting to let go of awareness of the body in anything that will distract us or take us to the body that will only get in the way of the meditation process. And so we want to be in a position that's most comfortable for us to let go and turn inward. Any attempt to hold a posture, to be aware of whether the spine is aligned or not, that just gets in the way of the meditation process. So here the, the, the end of perfect spinal alignment is not the means to meditation. Meditation is what allows us to release the tension and stress and programming and energetic remnants and cellular memories that are held in the body that, that keeps us from being in a posture for a long time. I, I would say for me, that's the most um, profound statement in this whole podcast. I think it would give people such relief to begin with to know that I don't have to hold the perfect pose or sit in the perfect asana to meditate, but there are beautiful, gentle ways that I can purify my whole being, after which I can have these other benefits. And also just to mention that you don't have to get your chakras perfectly balanced to get in order to have higher consciousness. You, know, you, you, it's often the other way around that as we develop our consciousness and our awareness, then we release the programming that's in the chakras and they become more balanced. Yeah. I think we should do a whole podcast just on that. I'm very intrigued by it. <laughs> Wonderful. As I'm sure our listeners are too. So um, definitely we want everyone to meditate. But besides that, what final comments would you have about this topic for our listeners today? Well, there are two, there are two aspects um, 
And one is the meditation. The other is during the day, we need that experience of heart centering and shifting our attention, our awareness to the heart because it really is that energy, the energy of the heart that heals and can enlighten the other chakras. So there are two parts. Meditation is foundational, but heart centering is also key as we look to bring more light to the chakras and to our lives. Yes, that's something I practice several times a day and that has, it's quite magical. That's all I'll say. <laughs> I've uh, practiced it during a headache. I've practiced it when I got pulled over for making the wrong turn. And, uh, and, and just in my normal everyday life. And it's, um, it's a feeling of being anchored in a way that I've never experienced before. Wonderful. Definitely something that everyone should learn. And uh, you'll get to learn it in the heart-based meditation initiation. It's part of the teaching. So I highly recommend that people sign up for it. The next session is on January, starts on January 11th. It's a four week class and it's online taught by Dr. Douglas. So thank you so much, Dr. Douglas, for being here, for enlightening us and helping us to become more aware. And uh, we will do another episode very soon. I believe it's going to be nutrition and consciousness, our next topic. Thank you so much for being here. It's always a great joy. Thank you for listening. And thank you everyone for listening to the Heal and Awaken podcast. We will see you again very soon. Thank you for listening, subscribing, and sharing.